This Advisor Success Series podcast is brought to you by Astron Life. Get more out of Astron Life. More opportunity and value for both you and your clients. We're back in Brisbane this week, talking this time to Tim Ross from Henderson Ross. Tim has a unique story to tell about the factors that have influenced the transition of what was a purely risk-focused business into one that successfully delivers broad-based financial advice to a client base which itself has grown and evolved. So my name is Tim Ross and the business is called Henderson Ross & Co. Okay, uh, nice to talk to you Tim and uh, where's the business based? We're based on the city fringe of Brisbane in a suburb called East Brisbane which for those that no Brisbane at all or don't. Uh, it's just near the, the Gabba Cricket Ground. Okay, very good. So can you tell us a little bit about Henderson Ross? Well, Henderson Ross is a firm that's uh, effectively the, the key players are myself, Tim Ross, my business partner, Doug Henderson. And we have another authorised representative who works with us called Aaron Cullen. Uh, we have two support staff, Lynn and Haley. And my father, Robert, uh, still assists us in a mentoring capacity from time to time. Okay, and do you have a particular business proposition uh, that you go to the market with, to your clients with, or do you specialise in a particular area? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, look, we're fairly fortunate in that we've had a fairly lengthy history. We've got some clients we've had relationships with for upwards of 20 years. Uh, so we've evolved a lot over that time. We've come out of the, many of those clients have come out of the, the life insurance background because my dad was a, a technical training manager and then uh, was a director of a general agency with Prudential back in the day. So we started from a life background. So we've kind of evolved the business from that, but that then means that we've got quite a, quite a historic legacy book, you could say, of clients who might just have insurance. And where I would say that the growth is coming in terms of our business now is mainly from a lot of those clients entering to that pre and post retirement phase. Okay, so yours is uh, perhaps uh, a slightly unusual business in that it's a second generation uh, risk focused advice practice. Yeah, I mean, while I'd say it was risk focused, my dad was always interested in the technical elements around estate planning and, and financial planning. And then probably with the advent of compulsory super and people's growth in in seeing superannuation as a way to plan for their future, we did start to focus more on that. But gradually it grew from the small contributions that were going in to where it is now, you know, at 9.5%. And with some employees, it might even be higher. Uh, So people's super balances and seeing the opportunities that super presents for tax-free income or concessionally taxed income in retirement has obviously seen a big growth in that sector of the market. So it's probably been a fairly natural evolution that we've seen happen, given that for many of these clients, we've been dealing with them for a long time. Okay, so it's been um, a business that has evolved and and lots of businesses, advice businesses and other businesses evolved. But uh, have there been any particular elements, Tim, that have contributed to the success, the growing success of the business that you're operating that you're running? I'd say ultimately it it comes back to the engagement that we're able to achieve with our clients uh, and the authenticity around the 
ethics and the respect that we have in the client relationship. I mean, ultimately, that's what makes a business, I believe, succeed or fail in the long run. Um, so the relationships that we've built with clients and even the new clients that we get that are referred to us, um, we are very respectful of the fact that the decisions that need to be made are theirs with our guidance. Um, we really try to nurture good relationships with the clients, transparent relationships so the clients are really comfortable in the way that we're operating. Um, okay, so how does that, uh, particularly Tim, for perhaps uh, the emerging advisors that are listening to our conversation today, how do you actually build that trust? I, I know it's part of any advice business to find that formula where your clients will trust you and stay with you, but how have you done it? Um, just be genuine. Um, just live the values that you say you're going to live. Um, and that comes across in the way that you handle clients from the very first interview, I believe right through the process, and when they make that phone call that was unexpected, um, just to check on something that you're available to them where you can be, and that you always welcome that interaction. Uh, that's a key part of sort of building the strength in those relationships and for the clients to see you as a professional trusted advisor That's fundamentally important. Okay, so that, that, that sounds pretty great. Uh, that's the advice proposition That's the relationship with the clients have been are there other elements of the business that you've worked on that have also contributed to the success of Henderson Ross? Yeah, I'm um, probably a key element Obviously, uh, in providing advice, um, there is at times a, a product outcome, if you want to call it that. Um, it's obviously been a thing that's been discussed quite a lot recently. There are times that we just provide some advice, but there are a lot of times where the advice means that the client needs to do something or put something in place, and that then results in there needing to be a product selected. So we made the decision some time back to move our business to... Uh, a licensee that was not particularly aligned with any particular products. We feel that that has been a, a good thing for us. We've kind of been down both roads at different times. Um, and we feel that that's been a good thing in terms of the uh, the, the, the breadth and the scope of products that, that we can consider for clients or that we should consider for clients. Um, so we've made it our business to really research the market to understand what quality products look like, what competitive pricing looks like, and make sure that coupled with the genuine efforts of us to give the right advice are then genuinely quality products that we can put the clients in touch with that will provide them what they need in terms of security or in terms of um, you know, uh, products that they can easily, more easily manage and, and understand and engage with. All right, so I'm hearing uh, flexibility in, is pretty important when it comes to the particular solutions um, that, that will, well, the particular products that will deliver the solutions that you're recommending. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the word independent is, is a very problematic word that's yes. um, to use in the financial advice sector at the moment, but I, I uh, sense that what you're talking about is, is the ability to have that freedom to pick and choose uh, whether it's an investment or a life insurance contract that will yeah. be best I mean, look, every, every licensee obviously has under the current rules the, the requirement to have an approved product list which is adequately researched and so on. Um, but we feel with greater choice comes greater opportunity for real objectivity. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's something that's been pretty important to us. 
Um, and then also too, for me personally, I'm getting a business partner on board that I felt added areas that perhaps weren't my forte or background. So I came from more of a life office background. I'm um, my business partner, Doug Henderson. He his uh, his interest has been in this in stocks uh, and and investments and and company balance sheets and, and, and that type of thing. And so from an investment perspective and doing a bit more of a deeper dive into the investment choices that we make for clients, it's been great for me having a partner like that on board. Um, that's also been an essential element of getting the right people in the team. Right, yeah, right. That's been very important to me. Okay, it sound, sounds uh, like a pretty uh, pretty critical component to, uh, to find the right partner that kind of fills the gaps with the expertise gaps, perhaps. Yeah, and, and look at uh, each other. Yeah, and I've learned a lot from him too. Right. So that's that's been fantastic because I mean the best learning you can do, I think, is is the practical side of things, and okay. and so that's been that's been really very valuable. All right. Well, speaking of learnings, Tim, surely you haven't done everything right. Have you uh, done some things? Have you made some mistakes along the journey that you've learned from? Um, if if we had it all to do again, would we do all the same? The answer is probably because we are where we are because we made the decisions that we made at the time believing that they were the right ones. Um, and I believe that even out of the things that uh, perhaps had a, a slight sting in the tail or a bit of a negative experience in life, you still come out stronger at the other side of it um, and you learn something that you then you know, apply and adapt and, and, and sort of move on from. So I wouldn't say I've got regrets about the way we've done things. Um, you know, I would just say that... <sighs> You have to continue to make decisions based on what you feel is in the best interest of your client. And if that's at the heart of the decisions that you're making, if that's the primary focus that you've got and you're thinking, well, how can we do things to be more effective, more efficient, um, so that the client relationship is strengthened, your business will succeed because that has to be at the core of what it is that we do. Okay, so uh, one of the things perhaps I'm hearing, um, again, for other advisors that uh, might be listening to our conversation is that you need to have the courage to commit to what you believe in, in terms of building your business. Yep, absolutely. And then when you see that something isn't working, you need to sort of go back to the drawing board and say, right, well, this hasn't worked. Let's have a look at, you know, a different direction that we could take this in. I'm learning what we have from what we've already been doing. Uh, to then fine-tune it and to improve. So that's what we've continued to try to do. Uh, and even now, you know, like I'm pretty sure that what financial planning looks like in 10 or 15 years' time will not be the same necessarily as what it looks like in 2018. So we need to continue to be able to adapt to meet client expectations and the needs of the 21st century client going forward, and that will ensure our survival and our success. And how are you planning for that? Do you have a specific strategy in terms of how to plan for the future? Um, just to be, I think, alert to what's happening, uh, not to try and live within our own bubble. So being a part of things like the industry associations like the AFA, which I'm pretty heavily involved with, um, and you know, attending uh, various uh, events that are put on to just to try and learn from peers um, to keep up to date with what's happening and not not be too affected by the negative noise because there's a lot of negativity around because that kind of grabs headlines often um, but really to look for the good things that are being done um, and then to also make sure that we're continuing to raise our own bar professionally so that we can uh, meet you know the, the needs of clients and clients expectations um, yeah they're probably the areas I would say that we need to be aware of and continue to be responsive to 
and then the path will become clear if your senses are, are picking up on the direction that things are going in. You, then it, you need to be adaptable. Okay, so like a lot of successful businesses, it, it seems to me that you have a very uh, positive outlook on the continued evolution and growth of your own business. Yeah, um, in, in as much as you know, the things that we can control, um, you know, there are obviously external forces when it comes to particularly financial planning um, that have an influence, government being a big one, the regulator being a big one. So there'll be some major, I guess, uh, maybe changes as, as things move forward on that front. Um, you know, to the extent that we can, we'll try and have an influence there where we feel that maybe, um, you know, if we feel those changes aren't necessarily getting based on a full picture of, of the reality, we'll try and bring that to the right uh, people's attention so they have maybe a, a broader view. Um, but where uh, decisions are made and they're kind of finalised and they become the law and it's the way that we have to operate, well, we need to just look for ways that we adapt to survive there, you know. And, okay. um, that's what we've done uh, and that's what we'll continue to do. Sounds good. And uh, in closing then, Tim, in thanking you for your time, um, is there uh, one one piece of advice you would give um, an advisor who's looking to start his or her own business in today's financial advice environment? One tip, one recollection that you have that helped you when you were starting out? Um, start the way you mean to go on in terms of the relationship with your clients. So build strong relationships, live the values that you espouse, be true to those values in the way that you engage with your client, look for your client's best interests at all times, and you will be guaranteed success. All right, thank you, Tim Ross, Henderson Ross, thank you for your time. Pleasure, thanks, thanks, Peter. This Advisor Success Series podcast was brought to you by Astron Life. Contact your Astron Life BDM on 1800 739 641 to find out how both you and your clients can get more out of Astron Life.